right? Haven't you been enjoying those Bible studies on the fruit of the Spirit? Amen. And have you been challenged? I know I sure have been challenged. And uh, apparently you like a challenge because you keep coming back week after week. <laughs> Amen. And uh, it's a wonderful thing when you are willing to hear what God has to say through his word. And you open your heart to it and you let the spirit work that into your very innermost being until it becomes a part of who you are. Amen. Amen. Um, I've been asked to speak tonight on faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness. We're reading from Galatians 5, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against their, such there is no law. And then in the New Living Translation, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here, there is no conflict with the law. Amen. Let's pray before we launch into our lesson tonight. Father, we thank you once again tonight for your presence among us. God, I, I thank you, God, that we have the privilege that we do of gathering here tonight. Lord, on my way to church tonight, I couldn't help but be, think of our dear friends in Guangzhou, in China, Lord, that they don't have that privilege of coming together like we are here tonight. Lord, I could not go there today and stand in a congregation and share the gospel and teach a Bible study to them. But God, we're so thankful that you're working in their lives nevertheless. And Lord, that they're seeing folks come to know you. And I pray your blessing upon them today. But God, I pray, Father, you'll also bless us as we gather here tonight. There are folks here that have come faithfully night after night, week after week, Lord, because they love your word, because they love you. And I pray tonight, God, that you'll help us to challenge them one more time, God, that they would rise, Lord, to receive that which is going to make them stronger, that's going to make them more effective in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I launch into the actual fruit of faithfulness, I would like to just make a few general points regarding uh, fruit of the Spirit. Whether one interprets the Greek word as faith or faithfulness, the bottom line is that any fruit of the Spirit has its roots deeply embedded in the soil of faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 makes it very clear that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So the fruit of the Spirit can only be produced in the rich soil of a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we do not have within our natural man the proper soil for producing the fruit of the Spirit. The soil's not there. 
But once we have obtained that faith that the Bible says comes through hearing the word of God, it causes us to break up the fallow ground of our heart through repentance and to unite with Jesus Christ in baptism and receive the promise of the Holy Ghost, which allows us to walk in newness of life, or in other words, live a fruitful life. Praise God. And remember that this is the fruit of the Spirit. Why did God tell his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem? He said, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will become what? How do we become witnesses? It's not through speaking in tongues, as important as that is. But it's the evidence that God has uh, presented of the Spirit producing the likeness of Christ through the fruit of the Spirit. So it's very, very important. We are to be witnesses, and the way that we communicate that is by manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the Bible teaches us in Mark 16, 17, and 1 Corinthians 14, 22, that speaking in tongues is a, a sign that we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. However, tongues itself is not the evidence. It's the sign. Now, just to kind of uh, <clears throat> clear that up for you, don't, don't tune out on me yet, just to make make it a little more clear about sign versus an evidence. How many here like to go Tim, to Tim Hortons? I know Pastor Raymond does. Well, you know, you can be driving down the highway and you've been on the highway for a while. And I know my wife and I, we love going to Tim Hortons and we're always looking for their billboard, their sign board. It's a sign. And on it, it says that there's a Tim Hortons three kilometers down the road. I've never yet seen anyone see the sign, pull over and park and get out of the car and go over to the sign to see if they could smell the coffee and taste the donuts. Not once. Because there's nothing there. There's no evidence there that there is a Tim Hortons, you got to drive on down the three kilometers, and when you get there, you can drive in, go through the door, you'll smell the brewing coffee, and you'll be able to taste the delicious donuts. You've got the evidence. You following me? You see, a sign is an object, quality, or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else, whereas evidence is that something that furnishes proof of evidence. So speaking with tongues is a sign or the event that indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else. And that occurrence of something else is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. God has chosen to give us a sign that the event of the baptism of the Holy Ghost has occurred, but he also chose to provide the uh, evidence of being uh, genuinely filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to tell a little story on myself. I'm not proud of it, but I was only like, I think, 12 years old. 
And uh, we were in church, and there was a young lady who had come to UPBI to Bible school, and students came. They had their student day, and they preached and had an altar call, and I went up to the altar to pray to get the Holy Ghost. And, but I didn't know it was going to be so long in the altar. And they were determined that I was going to get the Holy Ghost. They were praying and praying and praying. And all I could think of was that delicious chop suey that mom had prepared for, for dinner. And I was hungry. And, and, and I just, it just wasn't there for me that day. And, and I, and I, but they kept on and they were talking in tongues and talking in tongues. And finally... I just got so desperate. I finally, I just listened to what they were saying. And I said a few words that I heard them saying. And they said, that's it, that's it. And I said, whew, finally. <laughs> the next morning, it was summertime. And this lady came to visit my mom. And the window was open. I was forget now what I was doing outside, probably chopping wood or something. And uh, I heard this woman say to my mother, isn't it wonderful? David got the Holy Ghost yesterday. Something hit me like, like someone had kicked me in the stomach. And I said, oh, no. I don't believe that I got the Holy Ghost. I just want it out of there. When that lady left, I went and told my mom what happened. And she said, well, you are naughty. You shouldn't have done that. And... Uh, but she said, God does want you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so you keep on, you know, going to the altar. And Well, when I, I'm glad to tell you that when I was 15 years old, I, I was in a revival. And, and, and the Lord told me to dance. And I was shy at the time. And I didn't want to dance. But I finally, at the moment I started dancing, I started talking in tongues. And I'll tell you, I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. I was talking in tongues for an hour. They finally had to just pick me up and carry me out to the car and take me home. Amen. So I know it's real. And I want what's real. I want what's real. You know, there's too many people out there that, you know, well, just you have to start it yourself. Like, you just repeat after me. See me tie, untie my tie. <laughs> and then you can just say it a little faster. See me untie my tie. And, you, and, and eventually you'll get your own language. You can laugh at that. But I had an evangelist come to our church and... Uh, and, and his wife was down in like a, a lower room praying with people. Got the Holy Ghost. My wife just happened to go in, and she heard her teaching them how to speak in tongues. Listen, I don't want to know how to speak in tongues. I want to know what it means to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, so that I can manifest the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. All right, we got that behind us. <laughs> now, faithfulness is not a common word anymore. We use it at silver wedding anniversaries or when we present a gold watch to someone, you know, uh, because of them retiring, having spent, you know, that amount of time in a company. But 25-year marriages and one-career lives are quickly going the way of the dinosaur. Uh, I have read that the, that it, the average marriage in the United States is now eight years. I don't know if that's true or not. Heard on Facebook, so it must be true. Not. <laughs> but with faithfulness pushed so far into the background, we might question if the world in general actually understands what it means. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. You see, faithfulness is very necessary to our 
human well-being because humans were made to operate on the principle of faith. We inhabit a planet suspended without visible means of support. It's constantly spinning in space. There's nothing we can do to sustain that process, and there's nothing we could ever do to fix it if it stopped working. And every day, we breathe in air that we cannot see. We eat food that we have not examined, but yet we won't take a vaccine. I took the vaccine. I took it. I've had to take it many times because I've traveled to 25 countries. And then we assume that traffic lights are going to prevent accidents. How many have ever found out that isn't necessarily true? <laughs> a few of you, yeah. Yeah, I've had one of those situations. We board planes, trusting that the plane's going to stay in the air until it's actually supposed to land safely on a runway. And that is what faith is. We're totally dependent on things that are external to us. Faith is dependence. The basis for, uh, faith is the basis for depending on someone else or in something else. In Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, I read that earlier, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. No, I guess that was another verse. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But here it is. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, we seek him. By faith, we follow after him. By faith, we trust him. We put our confidence in him. But it's also possible to have misplaced faith. I've had misplaced faith in my life. I had, here's another little story from my life. Um, you know, I have found that uh, misplaced faith sometimes ends up putting us in a worse situation than not having any faith at all. When I was just a young child, we lived out in the country. We loved to climb trees. And I, I must have seen a picture. That's all I can remember. I must have seen a picture of Mary Poppins suspended in space holding onto an umbrella. I must have. That must have been it. I know I didn't see it on TV because we didn't have a TV and, and we didn't go to the movies. So it must have been just a picture I saw, you know. She, she, was, she was suspended in air holding onto an umbrella. And so I said to my younger sister one day, I said, I'm going to get the umbrella and I'm going to climb the tree and I'm going to jump out of the tree. She said, I wouldn't do that if I was you. She had no faith in that umbrella at all. But I did. And so I climbed the tree, I opened the umbrella, and I jumped. And I'm sure as you've already figured out, it didn't work out that well. <laughs> My uh, sister, she went to bed that night and uh, had a nice sleep. I went to bed with bruises and didn't have such a great sleep. She had no faith, but she was in a better position than I was by having misplaced faith. Make sure you get your faith in the right things. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Place your faith, amen, in what his word has to communicate to you. 
The reason why these two words in English are one in the Greek language is because they're inseparable. And that's why some translations say faith and others say faithfulness. And faithfulness is possible because we have faith. Right? Everybody got that? All right. And uh, the Greek word pistis means belief, but it also means conviction, trust, confidence, fidelity, and uh, reliability and dependability. And we know that God is the best example of faithfulness. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He is our example. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Even when we're not faithful, he remains faithful. Revelation 19.11, John said, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Amen. He is called faithful for a reason. Because he's always faithful. Praise God. Now, God is faithful to, number one, bless me. To bless me. Can you say, God blesses me? Yeah. Limitations 3, 21 to 23 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Are you glad his compassions never fail? Oh, he's so compassionate. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. So glad for the faithfulness of God. God faithfully blesses me. Everybody say it. God faithfully blesses me. And then God is faithful to protect me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but what? Uh, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God doesn't allow things in our lives because he wants us to fail. He allows things in our lives because he knows we're able to bear it. And if we stay faithful, that we're going to come through it stronger. And our lives are going to be more meaningful and more effective because of what we have come through. Amen. And the Bible makes it so clear that he has provided all things. Everyone say all things. All things that pertain to what? Life and godliness. We can make it. Because he's provided all things that we need to bear all things. Amen. And then he is faithful to forgive me. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, we do sin. And it's the Holy Spirit within us that brings conviction and leads us to repentance so that we can continue to receive the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ applied to our lives and retain our righteous position before him. And so everybody say it. God faithfully forgives me. And then God faithfully keeps me. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24, on the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you who also will do it. I am so thankful for the way that he can keep us, that he can protect us. Having lived in a communist country, I'm still amazed when I think back to having meetings in our house for more than a year and a half and four other apartments on the same floor and we would have the keyboard, we would sing and we would worship and no one ever disturbed us. And I knew that this church was praying for our protection. I always mention that to our folks. You know, there's a church back home that's praying for our protection. We are not going to fear. We're going to do what we're supposed to do and that is to worship the Lord. And so we did. But any time a, a public security uh, uh, officer could have come in and arrested us and shut down our meetings, and it could have caused a lot of problems. As you know, it did eventually happen. Uh, but God is faithful. Everybody say, God faithfully keeps me. See, the Bible teaches that I am saved by faith, that I must walk by faith, live by faith, stand by faith, pray in faith, and overcome through faith. But my faith has no power if it's not uh, uh, geared to faithfulness, right? Uh, but by my faith, I can do, the Bible says, all things. There's nothing beyond the realm of what we can accomplish if we have faith. And have you ever noticed how many times the phrase steadfast love is used in the Bible in regards to God's love and commitment toward us? 196 times the term steadfast love is used in the Old Testament alone in the English, uh, the English, the ESV. <laughs> what? Okay, just slips my mind. Okay, and steadfast simply means loyal, faithful. His love toward us is a loyal love. We're in a covenant relationship with him, and he's committed to making that relationship work. We need to be faithful and committed to making it work. Amen? Now, since the fruit of the Spirit is all about reproducing the character of God in my life, what does faithfulness mean to me personally? Well, faithfulness in my life means that I have confidence. Revelation 2 and 10 in the NIV, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you a crown of life. How many want a crown of life? How many know to get a crown of life, you've got to be faithful? Amen. Let's be faithful. Let's have confidence in God that regardless of what we must go through, and we don't know what we're going to have to go through yet before we get out of here. Amen. But whatever it is, I've actually talked with people in China that were in prison, a pastor in prison for 20 years. And, the, and what he went through, unbelievable. I've never had to suffer in any way like that. But he survived after 20 years and still loved God. Took me into his prayer room. Amen. And my, I've never heard anybody pray like he prayed. 
They could imprison him, but they couldn't, amen, destroy his faith. Amen. He was still confident in his God. And faithfulness in our life will, uh, will means that I have conviction. John, uh, 3 John 3 and 4. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Amen. And that is so important. We've got to have convictions. Every day that we needed to know what we believe and to have convictions and to walk in the truth, it is today. Amen. And some of the best advice I ever got from a, from a friend, a pastor friend down in the States, was one time he told me, he said, if you, if you feel like you have, have got off uh, the, the, a path that you shouldn't be on, just simply go back to where you got off the path and then continue on. Great advice. Amen. And once you get on that path, stay on that path and say true, amen, to the truth that God has revealed to you. Then the next thing faithfulness will do for us, it will mean that we are committed. First Timothy 1 and 12, NIV says, I thank God Jesus, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Wow. Amen. Can you imagine? That he considers you faithful. Amen. I want him to, commit, uh, to consider me faithful. I don't know about you. Amen. And I want to hear him say, well done, thou good. And what? Faithful servant. Enter in. Amen. And it also will commit, it will uh, provide consistency in our life. Luke 16 and 10. Unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. Consistency is so important to our walk with God. People watch us. They do. The, the Bible teaches that faithfulness must be demonstrated in our relationship uh, with uh, people as well as in our relationship with God. And only a relationship built on confidence, conviction, commitment, and consistency can survive the pressures of life. And remember that faith, faithfulness is dependence, depending on God. And that is the foundation of true friendship. You can depend on your friend, and they can depend on you. Remember Abraham? He was called the friend of God. Do you want to be the friend of God? I do. Amen. And I kind of feel like I am. I know he's my friend, but I want to be his friend. Praise God. The traits mentioned uh, of, you know, confidence and conviction and commitment and consistency, right? They are invisible to the casual observer, but painfully obvious to those who know us well. And faithfulness to God is found in the habits of of our lives when no one else can see. That's when we're truly living out those characteristics in our lives is when we're all by ourselves and no one else is observing us. Yes, other people are watching us. They're observing us. And hopefully they see the fruit of the Spirit. They see the fruit of faithfulness in our lives. I'm sure that there are people that they see you, you know, taking time, you know, twice on Sunday and Wednesday night and Friday night and other nights that, as required, that, that they see that and they, they, they see that faithfulness and it impresses them. But it's also being faithful to God even in the small things in our personal lives. 
On November 11, we will pause to honor those who were faithful because they believed in a great cause, fighting for our freedom. My father was a World War II veteran who fought for those freedoms in North Africa during that war. But we have an even greater cause for which we need to be faithful. And one day, every one of us is going to stand before God to be judged. And we're not going to be judged on the basis of our successes, our achievements, our talents, or our reputations, or our sacrifices, but solely on the basis of our faithfulness. Have we been faithful to God? Matthew 25, 21 says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. That's what I want him to say. You've been faithful. Amen. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Amen. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Now it is required that those who have been given uh, trust must prove faithful. Amen. Praise God. How much time do I have? Amen. Uh, I want to just close with this. I, I was really uh, pleased when I was asked to uh, speak on the fruit of faithfulness. Just a few weeks ago, I was invited to preach at another church, and I felt led to speak on the subject when all you can do is be faithful. When all you can do is be faithful. And to me, one of the greatest examples of faithfulness, and there are many examples in the Bible, but the greatest in my mind is Joseph. Joseph was just a, a young man when he had a dream in which God revealed his plan and purpose for his life, that he had a destiny for him. And when he shared that dream with his 11 brothers, they not only mocked him, they despised him for it. And yet, in spite of rejection, he remained faithful to his understanding that he had a destiny, that God had a plan and a purpose for his life. He remained faithful to it. And then he was sold as a common slave to the Ishmaelites. Joseph went from being the favorite son of a wealthy man to being the slave of a powerful man, Potiphar, the head of Pharaoh's security guards. And yet, remaining faithful to his calling, even though Joseph was enslaved, he never acted like a slave. And though betrayed, Joseph remained faithful. Even though his brothers betrayed him, threw him in a pit, and then sold him into slavery, he didn't let that get in his spirit. He remained faithful to who he was. That's so important. Be faithful to who God has made you to be in Christ. That's so important. Then Joseph, of course, was tempted by part of his wife, accused of sexual assault, but he had remained faithful to God and his calling, and he maintained his integrity. And even then, though falsely accused, Joseph remained faithful. In the midst of temptation, he remained faithful. He remembered who he was. He was placed in prison for many years for that false accusation. He was a model prisoner, promoted to a position of authority. He was used of God to interpret a dream that resulted in the release of another prisoner, and yet that prisoner forgot all about him. And yet, though forgotten, Joseph remained faithful to God's purpose for him, as difficult as it may have been. 
and as disappointing as it may have been. It took years for that to be revealed that he, you know, was the one responsible for him getting out of jail. When the, when the brothers who had rejected him, betrayed him, sold him into slavery, made their historic visit pleading for help from the famine that they were experiencing, Joseph didn't seek revenge, but he showed mercy and stepped into the ultimate purpose God had revealed to him in his dream as a young man. He became the savior of his people. It was his destiny. All that had happened in his life led up to that moment. And so he remained faithful. When all he could do was be faithful, Joseph was faithful. But what is even more remarkable was that when he finally came into a position where, where he could have done something to his brothers and got revenge, he remained faithful to who he was in Christ or in God. I mean, he remained faithful to his to God's plan and purpose for his life. He kept his eye, amen, on what was important. And in closing, I don't know if you're going to play music or whatever, but the piano player wants to come back in closing. I, I can't close this message tonight without remaining, uh, without uh, sharing with you someone else who's not an ancient figure, but a modern figure, and his faithfulness. When we had to, when we were in China, or in Guangzhou the first time, and we, we had got the church going and so forth, New Life Fellowship, and we knew we were coming home, we just made it a, a matter of prayer, of course, concern about what was going to happen to the work once we left. But God had sent Jason Rincon and his wife and their little three-year-old daughter to Guangzhou. He was there to establish a next sport business. He was already, already had been doing that, but just going back and forth for, I think it was five years. He came there, didn't even know we were there, finally learned that we were having meetings in our home, and they began to attend. And I watched him and his wife and even his three-year-old daughter. At the end of our uh, fellowship meeting, my wife would so faithfully prepare snacks for everybody. And we'd fellowship, you know, in that manner after the service. <laughs> Little Isabella, three years old, she wanted to serve. And I learned that that came directly from the heart of her own parents. I watched them. We talked about confidence, conviction, commitment, and consistency. I have never seen anyone who was any more faithful than they were. At the time that they began attending our New Life Fellowship, we were traveling uh, on a Friday night. On a Friday, we would have to travel one hour to get to the bus stop that we needed to get to get where we needed to catch the bus and then travel another two hours to get to Yunfu where we had a little small group and we went there on Fridays and rented a room in a hotel and had meetings in the hotel and then stayed overnight and then came back on bus the next day. One day he, he came to me, he had a car 
And he said, uh, Pastor, he said, my wife and I, we want to drive you to Yunfu. And so they did. They did that for weeks. They would uh, come pick us up, take us there, pay for their own hotel and meals, and then drive us back home again. When we, when, when we finally left our uh, apartment and began to have services in a rented facility, they were always the first ones there. And when you walk through the door, of course, again, it's, the, it's just the custom of the Chinese people that they always serve snacks at their church meetings. Even large churches after church or before church, uh, they would be serving maybe a piece of cake or cookies and some juice or something. And so we always had that. We'd get there. They had already been there before us. They had gone out at their own expense and bought, you know, fruit and, and uh, crackers and other things. Had it all ready for people for when they came. But more than that, they are on their knees praying, interceding. And I saw in them the confidence they had to trust in God under pressure. I saw them under tremendous pressure. You see, what you have to understand is they aren't there as missionaries supported by a monthly budget. They're there supporting themselves, except for the support that they get from this church. And uh, like us, when we were there, we were working, you know, to help support ourselves. And they, they I, I could, I, I won't even go into all of the, sacrifices they have made financially to be there, to stay there. Even though he had a business, they actually enrolled in the university and for four years studied the Chinese language. Today, they're very fluent. They can read and write the Chinese. That's commitment. They trusted God under amazing pressure. They had convictions. I saw the, his faithfulness to the truth. He was just so eager to learn I want to know more. I want to learn more. Amen. And uh, when we came home, we, we connected him with uh, Tabernacle of Joy. And, and he just took every course he could. And then he'd share everything he was learning with the, the people in the church there. He was committed. Sacrifices made and serving God in a foreign country were just amazing. And then I saw his consistency. How he was just so faithful in just the small things. And so God spoke to me. Well, I was in prayer one day, and he said, he's the guy. He's the one. He was just, you know, he had never passed it before. He had no Bible school training. But God told me, he's the one. And I'm here to tell you today that that man, what God has allowed him to do, the way that the Lord has used him. And today, we've got many different house fellowships going on there, not just in Guangzhou. He's reaching into Shenzhen and uh, uh, other uh, communities, uh, cities actually, in other parts of China. He's been faithful. And that's what God looks for. He looks for faithfulness. Let's be faithful. Look around you. Look around you in this service tonight. This church is here because of the fruit of faithfulness that has been manifested in the lives of you who have been here for years and you have faithfully stood. Amen. And, 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 and been confident and convicted, had convictions and had commitment and had consistency. And so today, you have what you have here today. 
one of the most wonderful churches that I've got to attend. And I've attended a lot of churches. I mean, I have been in a lot of churches in my years. And we are so blessed. We're so blessed to have such an amazing uh, staff and, uh, and, and, and congregation that love God, that want to walk in the truth, that want to, uh, to come to Bible study and learn how the fruit of the Spirit can work in our lives. Amen. To edify the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together. God, I love you today. You've been so faithful. You've been so faithful. Oh, God. We stand in awe of you and the way that you work in us and through us in spite, God, of our faults and our failures. God, we're so thankful, God, that you are a God who comes alongside, that you've put your spirit within us, Lord, so that, God, even though the fruit sometimes may seem undeveloped for some folks. God, this fruit there. And God, we can watch that fruit as it develops. And we can rejoice with them, Lord, as you continue to work by your Spirit in their lives. Help us not to be judgmental, God. But Lord, let us be praying one for another that each one of us, God, would take up the challenge of letting you simply live your life in us and through us in the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, we ask tonight, God, that you'll have your way, Lord, in every life represented here tonight. Help us to be faithful, faithful, Lord, in all ways, God, that we might, God, glorify you, God, and that we might have that witness that you spoke of, God, when you said that after we receive that power, we would become witnesses of you. And so, God, may we go forth, even this night, Lord, as we go forth into the workplace, as we go forth into the marketplace, God, as we go about our business, as we, Lord, uh, meet up with our neighbors, God, may they see in us the fruit of the Spirit, God, that will enable them to see Christ in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God.